Welcome into a special episode of Invest for Success. I am John Gay. I'm joined by Ted Buckley from Mooney Lions. And Ted, lot going on right now. Welcome. It's good to be with you. Well, there's no doubt about it. This is a very active time for headlines news, and uh, the broadcasts are filled with a lot of troubling news and uh, a lot of misinformation. So it's great to be here with you. So we're going to cover three topics today. We're going to talk about what's happening, what's causing it, and what to do about it. And I do want to put one disclaimer at the front here. We are recording this on the morning of Monday, March 23rd. So depending when you listen to this, it is a fluid situation. Things are happening quickly. So everything is accurate. We're going to talk about as of Monday, March 23rd. And hopefully you're listening to this uh, pretty quickly after you record it. So Ted, we'll start off. Give me the overview. What is happening right now? Well, right now, there's a lot of things happening for our economy, obviously. Um, You know, we've got two things happening. We have a health issue, and then we have an economic issue. Right. So the health issue is obviously driving the impact of the markets. Coronavirus is something that we're learning more and more about every day and every week that it's out there. But, you know, if you look back of where we ended the year, 2019, and where we started the month, basically, we had the Dow almost at 30,000. Right. Record setting territory for the Dow right at 29,000 plus. And just in a matter of a few short weeks, we are below 20,000 today. Uh. You know, that's a big, big drop in a short period of time. We're not used to that. Right. We're using different terms that we haven't heard in a while, which is a bear market. And uh, basically, that's just by definition of dropping by 20% or more. It's one of those categories. It's not unusual. It's something that happens in the market. We do run into these dips. And on the upside, we've had the longest bull market in history. You know, so we've had the biggest up market that we've ever had in the history of the markets. And now we've got this quick pull down. So we just need to kind of readjust and get a perspective on what's happening right now. And actually, part of it, obviously, is a roller coaster. We have some record-setting days up. And some of the days are really getting um, a lot of question marks and uncertainty in the market. And we're getting some big dropping days, too. So it's one of those that is, I would say, the term unprecedented. I know people uh, probably are sick of hearing that word. (laughs) But there's a lot of unprecedented days. Uh, Even before the market opened today, um, I woke up and I I was looking at, you know, market expectation for opening was going to be up at... uh, you know, as a negative 500 or more. Mm. And then the uh, Fed came out with some announcements and all of a sudden we were going from a negative five to a plus five, even before the market opened. So there is not a lack of information. There is not a lack of movement, but we just need to kind of wrap our arms around it. You know, a lot of people like going to amusement parks for roller coasters, but I think it's safe to say this is a roller coaster that nobody wants to be riding right now. (laughs) Well, no doubt, no doubt about that. But, you know, we have to put in perspective and say bear markets, you know, they're not uncommon. This is the 10th bear market for the S&P since 1950. Mm -hmm. So we do run into these bear markets. It's a pullback. It's a normal part of the economic cycle. And we just need to make sure that we don't overreact to some of the uh, some of the news that's happening out there. I want to reemphasize a point you made a moment ago, Ted, which is that it's a little bit of a double-edged sword that we had this record bull market for so long. It was great, but people, I think, forgot that these bear markets do happen, and it's been a while since we've been in one. And because of that, people are understandably nervous, right? Absolutely, and that's where we get into this false sense of security. We maybe get a little arrogant with our investments. Hmm. 
that's where having a financial plan comes into place, having a guide and looking and saying, okay, what is our purpose of investing? And that's not to make the most of your return in the next two weeks. <laughs> you know, what we're trying to do with financial planning and retirement planning and working with people's goals is to set up a plan so we can weather these kinds of storms so the end result is something we can focus in on. And we're going to come back to that, I'm sure, throughout the course of this episode is having that master plan to start with is really key. So now that we've covered what's happening, Ted, we want to talk about what's causing it. Obviously, COVID-19, the coronavirus is a big part of it. But if we dig into it a little bit more, what is causing all this market volatility? Well, there's no doubt about it. we've got this coronavirus. It's a worldwide pandemic, a health emergency. But we all know the virus itself is not causing the market to drop. The economy to potentially slow down is really the cause. So we've got some things in here, supply and demand, the disruption of our economic supply chain is really something that people just don't realize sometimes when you look at even last week, I went to the Verizon store. Mm. I thought, well, I had some downtime at lunch. So this was about a week and a half ago. I stopped by the Verizon store to see what the new iPhones are and uh, <laughs> the worker there looked at me like I was from the planet Mars because I said, hey, what kind of uh, phones are, are in stock and what are people getting? He said, well, you know what? He opened the drawer and they were empty. Hmm. And I knew that in my mind that, hey, these were going to be not something that are fully stocked, but to look in America and think, okay, our inventory is down to zero. And that's because of the whole supply chain. So what's happening in China, what's happening for people making screens on the iPhones, people making the electronics in the iPhone, maybe other segments of those, that's hard to make and fill in the gaps. So that was part one of really what started happening early on to really knock down the, uh, the activity of the economic progress of being able to keep people working. But one of the things now, as far as what's happening is policy. Yeah. So we've got a lot of policy out there that we're in uncharted area. We're in brand new area for really all the world. But, you know, in the U.S., we're taking a look at it and saying, OK, what can we do? What can we learn from other parts of the world and do things differently or better right. in the way of social distancing and things like that? So our policy has really been something that is designed for safety. We're doing a lot of good things as far as uh, or what we think are good. We're doing the best of what we know right now today to have social distancing and try to reduce the spread. But those kinds of things are really having a chokehold on the economy. So we talk about policy and human behavior is a big part of this too, right, Ted? Well, there's no doubt. You know, it's one of the things that gets in the way of investing sometimes is that we're human and we have emotions. Right, exactly. Money's a very emotional thing for sure. Right. And especially when we see the uncertainty of this virus and what it's doing to the markets and then saying, OK, you know, you look at human behavior, we can look at fear and fear can drive our decisions. And then we have uncertainty and that creates uncertainty. You know, the good news sometimes about uncertainty is that it can have people slow down and not make rash decisions. And then the other category, of course, is pain of loss. Yeah. We don't want to make a big move that could possibly be... Um, a negative. So then we slow down a little bit and say, okay, I don't want to make the negative move. So, you know, when you look at human behavior between fear, uncertainty, and, and fear of loss, those things all come into play and they're important to look at because when it comes to our investment strategy and what we're looking, you know, just a short two months ago, mm. we look at our investment strategy and say, okay, 
well, let's not do anything rash, you know, two months ago. Why would we do anything rash right now? Because if we have a good plan and we have something put in place, there's no need to have something that needs to turn something totally around from what we have today. As the memes and uh, different uh, things have been circulating on the Internet lately, this week has been the longest year ever. Things change very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, there is no doubt about it. And that's why it's easy for, you know, someone to say, hey, you know what, don't put fear, uncertainty, pain and loss into something to say, OK, that's not a problem. By all means, that's not what I mean to say. What I'm meaning to say is we're human. So those things come into play, even whether you're an advisor or a client or anyone along the system living in the United States. These things are real feelings and we all feel them. We just need to put them in perspective and not make a knee jerk rash decision that could have a negative impact down the road. And not follow the herd. The herd mentality can be a scary thing, right, Ted? It's crazy in how you can just get a small number of people. You know, there was a research project that came out of London a few years ago. It was talking about it can take only about 5% of the group to drive the whole direction of the group. Hmm. So it doesn't take the masses, even though you feel like, oh, my gosh, everyone's going in this direction. It's really not something that happens. You know, you're getting a situation that you have just a small percent, like 5%. Is really can uh, have a huge impact on making decisions for the group. So we need to be aware of that. And with that in mind, there is some precedent here. Obviously, we're living in unprecedented times with this pandemic that we haven't seen in 100 years, which I'd venture to say anybody listening was most likely not alive for. But there is a little bit of historical data when it comes to epidemics and stock performance and what history can teach us, right? Absolutely. You know, you, you start looking at the past 20, 30 years, you know, from 1980, there's a variety of different diseases and activities that have happened that have really shook up the world from whether it's the AIDS virus, SARS to uh, different epidemics and flus and uh, worldwide contagion that have really shook the world up. And people have wondered, hey, are we going to ever find the cure? Are we going to ever get out of our area here? Ebola is a scary disease that's still out there and still being handled. But these are all things that once we learn more about them, we're able to contain them and we can figure out a way, almost in a strange way, we find a way to live on our planet with some diseases, but we need to be able to contain them and move on. And that's where we're at right now. We don't have the answers. We don't have the answers to COVID-19. So that's really more than anything. This whole idea of the unknown is really shaking up the market. But the point on that is the history of where we were at with a lot of these different diseases and disease states is that we got through the downside of these. And within 12 months to 24 months, the returns have been um, skyrocketing in many of these circumstances. Or let me say this, the returns after these diseases have all been positive. So like we said, Ted, these are unprecedented times that we're living in with this global pandemic of COVID-19. But in previous instances, like you mentioned, other epidemics, other diseases, other things like that, really the one constant in all these turbulent times is that eventually the market bounces back, right? Right. That's the thing that people need to have faith in and look at what's happened since the beginning of the market in the existence of trading and the whole market system in the United States and in the world is, you know, on the average, bear markets last a certain number of days. Mm -hmm. But what's important to remember is that 
these cycles do come around. And uh, even though when you're in the middle of the storm, it doesn't seem like it because no one has patience and everyone's a little bit unnerved right now. Sure. But we need to realize what history does teach us. And it does come out in every time we've had it in the past. So the million dollar question right now, no pun intended. Okay, maybe pun intended a little bit, Ted, but is <laughs> what to do now? Right. A great way to look at it is where we're at. We know that if you're in the market, your investments are down. You know, so one thing we definitely want to throw out to our clients and people listening to this podcast is avoid fear-based decisions. Yes. Emotional decision-making can cause us to be irrational and they can hurt us in the long run. So the best idea is to avoid the fear-based decisions. And sometimes decisions are made and they're good just by luck. But sometimes you just need to really sit back and avoid the ones that are scary. The other thing out there is that a lot of times you'll hear advisors say or you'll, you'll hear on the radio this idea of stay the course. Yeah. You know, and the advisors will say, hey, you know, stay the course, you know, have courage. But here's something to think about is we have a lot of clients that we work with and we spend a lot of time with understanding their risk tolerance, understanding their time horizon of their investments. So staying the course for those kind of clients that have a good plan, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's a great, great recommendation. But staying the course, if you have something that really isn't short up and you really don't have a plan to begin with, Staying the course could be something that you might want to reconsider and have your portfolio looked at or have your plan evaluated because if you're staying the course and you really don't have a diversified portfolio, for example, that you might not be in a position to have a good rebound. Um, here's an interesting story that came up a while ago, John. I had a friend of a client come in and she came in and we were going through her portfolio and looking at her her investments. And she was in pretty good shape. She was an executive at a firm and really intelligent and quite the saver. Mm -hmm. So she, she had some good things saved. And then she said, Hey, here's my 401k at work. And she said, I should be in pretty good shape because the markets have been doing well. Now this was obviously back in um, October. Yeah. So the market had a, you know, we had a big run last year, but what happened was she didn't really manage or even look at her 401k and 90% of her 401k was in fixed income. It wasn't really in the market. Oh. Because maybe when she had looked at this a year and a half earlier, it was a time period that there was a big dip. She was cautious. She said, oh, I want to be safer with my investments. And she made a huge change in her investments a year and a half prior and didn't realize she missed the big run up. Oh that the whole market enjoyed. So that's why I really caution people with this blanket idea of stay the course. And I would finish the sentence with stay the course if you have a good plan and you have a good sound investment strategy, then stay the course. If you don't have a plan and you don't have an investment strategy, now might be a good time to reevaluate what you have and just get an idea of what you could do to maybe make things better moving forward. You mentioned what your investments look like, but also, like you said, time horizon. So, for example, for me, I'm 39 years old. I could stay the course a lot easier because I've got, theoretically, 20, 25 years till I retire and I can wait for it to bounce back. If I were 59 or 61 and I was looking at retiring in the near future, I might be looking at a different set of circumstances, right? Absolutely. That's where time horizon and your goals 
and taking a look at that as far as putting things into place when we're not in the fear-based category right now is so important. But putting that all together really makes more of a long-term strategy. One other thing I'd like to bring up is right now, when there is a down market, there can be opportunities. Yes. You know, market volatility and downturns, um, they can sometimes offer great opportunities. So you have things like maybe even refinancing debt, maybe taking a look at lower interest rates, you know, minimizing the tax implications. I know for me, I opened a, again, because I've got a wild tie retire, I opened a Roth IRA a few weeks ago. It's a great timing for Roth IRA openings and maybe possibility of Roth conversions. We also have some times for um, tax harvesting, you know, if we're in some situations that we can make some changes in the portfolio to be able to make them tax beneficial a year from now, this is the time to do it. And Ted, really just very quickly, anybody who's not familiar with the concept of tax harvesting, can you give us just a general overview of what that is? Sure. So what happens for tax harvesting is that's typically done in your non-retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. So that would be in mutual funds. It would maybe be a joint account or something that you have invested in stocks or mutual funds. You can sell part of your investments at a loss and then put that back in the market in something that's a different type of a mutual fund or different type of a stock. And so you can still be in the market for the comeback, but that one sale you made off your original investment can be considered the loss, and then you can um, make that to your benefit when you're doing your taxes. And again, everybody's individual situation is different. It's why it's important to speak to Mooney Lyons, somebody like Ted, about what your individual circumstance looks like. And I want to come back to one other thing you mentioned about these fear-based decisions and staying the course. It's one thing when you first come in to create the plan and talk about your risk tolerance or how risk-averse you are when you're looking at Uh, numbers on a piece of paper or on a screen on a wall. But this is the real world stuff when you do really realize how risk tolerant or how risk averse that you are. So this is where it's so valuable to have a third party who does this professionally, who understands this kind of stuff and is not going to be as emotional about it as you will be with your own money because it's so easy to get caught in the emotion of it when you have a professional that can look at it from a numbers perspective Uh, and a business perspective and not the emotional side of it that you are, this is where it is so valuable to speak to somebody like Ted over at Moody Lyons. So I'm glad we're having this conversation today, Ted. If I can help people not make a fear-based decision during these time periods right now that can really impact their long-term success. You know, right now, when we look back at 2008, we have clients in our office and there's kind of two different types of clients. There's the client in 2008 who held tight had their investments, didn't make anything of a volatile, fear-based decision back in 2008, and they have a nice-sized portfolio. There's another client, uh, for example, who made rash decisions, were nervous, sat on the sidelines after 2008, and now they said, boy, you know what, I really wish I held tight back in those early times and not been so afraid. So you need to sit down with someone and that's where we can guide people and get them with a plan that fits with what they're looking for. Part of this obviously has to do with cash flow. Yeah. You know, if you do need cash flow around the house, if things are changing, you need to sell some things off or make some things work. That's a strategy you can put into place. But all these decisions don't have to be all or none. You don't have to say, oh, I'm so nervous about the market. It's all got to be sold. You know, you can fine tune some of your decisions to tide you over 
because we know the comeback on these markets and the uh, the cycle of the investment world isn't always down and it's not always up. So we need to kind of run and be patient for some of these things to work themselves out. Absolutely. And before we wrap up here, Ted, I mean, we've seen this throughout the news and in every possible place, but it does bear repeating. You know, we're talking about what to do now. Some of this involves just staying healthy, right? You know, that's so true. And I did want to say, even before we end the podcast is, you know, our thoughts and prayers are out there for anyone who's going through this virus right now, either loved ones that have it or any of the people on the front line, uh, nurses, doctors, uh, first responders. This is a real national coming together kind of a situation. So we do want to say our hats are off to all those people. Yes. And hopefully everyone will be safe and we'll move forward from this. But, you know, just individually what we can do, yeah, it sounds basic. Wash your hands, right? Mm -hmm. Stay away from other individuals. Let's have the social distancing out there. And the other thing is I, you know, look and say, okay, what's in your refrigerator? Are you living off pizza? Maybe you should, <laughs> maybe you should have some orange juice and lettuce and have some apples and some vegetables along the way. So yeah, just taking care of yourself. If you're a little stressed out, maybe turn off the news for a little bit and go out for a little run or read a social book that, uh, that is, it's just a fun read for you because this is really a stressful time for the whole whole world. So you're not out there alone. We're all together with you. And that's the reason for the podcast. This is a evolving, moving area that we're in right now. Uh -huh. And there's gonna be a lot more changes coming up almost on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you do have questions, by all means, call Mooney Lions. We're happy to walk you through anything. You have any questions, we're happy to meet with you on, uh, on these things. And we have the Zoom conferencing that we can do online, or we can just talk on the phone. Happy to do that with you. We're meeting virtually right now. I'm in Michigan and you're, I'm just outside Detroit. You're outside Chicago. And it's like we're in the same room. The technology, as difficult as these times are, there is a lot of technology that's come out in the last few years that makes it a little bit easier to stay connected. I would say that too. Something that my wife and I have taken to doing is because we can't go to dinner with friends of ours now, we FaceTime them. Sometimes at night or on the weekends, we'll FaceTime another couple that we're friends with and we'll just have a conversation. Just don't be afraid to check in on people. If it's your neighbor, if it's a family member, if it's a friend, if it's somebody who's a little bit older or at risk or even not, just we need that shared sense of community. And even if it's virtually, it's really a great thing to reach out and stay connected to everybody as much as possible through technology. No, I love it, John. I love that idea. And uh, the FaceTime and, and that type of technology uh, definitely pulls us together. I, I would throw something out that I can almost guarantee every grandma and grandpa would love. You, you don't have to be in seventh or eighth grade, but take a card or take a handwritten letter and send a, a letter to your parents or your grandparents. Who doesn't love getting mail? That's true. And if people are stuck at the house right now and you can send a letter to them and let them know what's going on or have your kids send letters, uh, maybe we can have a letter campaign, but that's a nice way to stay in touch as well. And even if you Clorox wipe the letter and leave it on the porch for a day after you get it, if you want to be super careful, you can do that too. But it, does, it is nice to know that other people are thinking of you in any way possible. Absolutely. This is a unique time in our world right now, and uh, it kind of takes unique thinking and creativity and staying positive is definitely one of the things we need to do. And I can't echo your point enough about going for a walk or a run. We hadn't left the house all weekend, and Monday morning I woke up this morning and said, I need to get on the treadmill. And I got on the treadmill for half an hour just to get some blood pumping, some endorphins going, just 
to battle the doldrums of uh, with cabin fever that's going to set in with us over the next few weeks. Do what you can, and of course, keep your social distancing and stay healthy. Ted, great to talk to you as always this morning. And if somebody wants to contact Mooney Lions and contact either the company or the firm or you specifically, what are the best ways to reach you? Best way is give us a call at uh, 847-382-2600, or you can go online and check us out. It's uh, MooneyLions.com, and uh, we're happy to talk to you on the phone and answer any of the questions you have for us. So uh, hang in there, everyone. Just a little word of warning for everyone. There are going to be some peaks and valleys in the next few weeks. We're not out of it yet. Uh You know, I'd love to have this podcast and say we're out of it and we're moving forward, but we're going to have some rocky roads ahead and we need to stay together and stay the course. Absolutely. Ted, uh, best to you and your family. Stay healthy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Securities offered through Triad Advisors, LLC, member of FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Triad Hybrid Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Mooney Lions Financial Advisors and Triad Advisors, LLC, are not affiliated.